0: Hang on, I've got to clean up.
1: (laughs) What what are you doing? What have you done?
0: (laughs) Right, that's recorded. So that's gonna be fun. (laughs) I wonder what's gonna be at the beginning of this podcast.
1: I have no idea. I couldn't tell you.
0: (laughs) In other news, I've started learning R, which is so much fun. Hmm. I. Do you know what R is?
1: I'm assuming a programming language.
0: Yeah, it's a programming language made specifically for statistics and data analysis.
1: That might explain why it's called R. Yeah. It.
0: So, if you if you ever go into like the syntax in SPSS and have to edit that, it's basically like that just in a bit of coding language as well. Ooh,
1: that does sound fun. And it
0: and it it's similar I think from what I can tell, it's like a similar thing to Python. Like, it's got yeah. a similar structure to Python. I mean,
1: most things, like, um, we use E-Prime um, for some of our experiments, and that's very similar to Python.
0: found out uh, yesterday All that right. that's the Psy cool. course that uh, my uni's introducing that I could switch on to, it's a taught master's. But it's like, it's a safe backup if I don't get into any other master's. Hmm. They have a module where 30% of it's going to be based on what you can do in R. And like, on tutorial in R. So I've accidentally got a head start just because I was like, I'm getting a bit bored of SPSS, let's try R because it's more fun. Accidentally. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know until yesterday and I've been learning R for about a week now. Good morning, you're listening to the Brood for Work podcast with Cameron and Tom, the podcast for coffee lovers and scientists,
1: or for anyone who wants a podcast to throw on and learn something new.
0: So before we start, Tom, I'm just going to say to the audience that we've been having a bit of trouble with files, so we think that we might have lost one of the episodes that we have previously recorded, and... It also meant that we couldn't upload over Christmas by we um we actually mean me, so sorry about that <laughs> we don't we don't quite mean you <laughs> like it it was a bit of a problem basically when we switched to me editing to Tom editing mm, that's true and we've we've messed up a few of the files and it's just a little bit of a mess. We weren't sure who was uploading the next one who who had edited what so basically we have messed up and we had to take a bit of a longer break than we. Uh, we're expecting to so there's still a few episodes to come out before you actually hear this one but this is the one the first episode that we're recording after the christmas break and it's now towards the end of january so belated happy new year to everyone i suppose (laughs) yeah so happy new year and this is actually the episode that we will be talking about our new year's resolutions but we'll get to that later in the podcast but first tom Mm -hmm. what have you been drinking
1: yeah, so, obviously, it's been a while since we've lasted our um, last Indeed. episode. So, I've had... I'm focusing on two coffees this week that I've had. One which I'm drinking at home, which is a square mile coffee. As you know... um Spring Espresso is in York. Yeah. So I've got easy access to a bunch of Square Mile coffees. Um and this is from the Limbs edition 10 for 10 series which was a range of 10 coffees released I think in 10 months something like that. Oh
0: yeah, I've I've had one of them I believe. So
1: this is the Bazira. I've no idea where it comes from. It just says Bazira so I'm going to quickly look it up. Um and it's got notes of green apple, red bush tea and vanilla. I think it is a Burundi. It seems to be a Burundi. I'm
0: trying to think now what Burundi's I've had.
1: But yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. Um it works really really well um, I had it in an AeroPress this morning and the vanilla and redbush particularly really came through.
0: Oh yeah, that's a point that vanilla would really come through on an AeroPress.
1: It's it's not really in as like as you know we both like light roast acidic. Yeah. It's a bit more mellow, but that redbush flavor really comes through. Yeah. Like it is a very tea-like coffee.
0: Yeah. So when you said you listed green apple first and then my my ears instantly were drawn to that one. Mm, Yeah. Due to the acidic nature.
1: It's very on. It's very on the forefront as opposed to normally you get that kind of green apple tanginess. Yeah. It's a very quick, quick, like sharp green apple taste. And then it kind of goes into a mellow um, Redbush flavor, which is really it's a really nice. Yeah. Like I wouldn't call it this because I don't really drink that much in the afternoon, but it's almost like an afternoon coffee. Mm. Like it's really mellow to drink. I imagine it would make a really good um, flat white
0: with those. Yeah, recently I've been drinking like some coffees and I'm just like, I really want to be drinking these in the afternoon, but I'm just, I I just don't drink coffee in the afternoon. That's, that's tea.
1: If I have to drink coffee in the afternoon, I won't go any later than around half two, I'd say. And past that, I'll just drink Earl Grey or whatever I've got in my teapot, really. Yeah. How about your first coffee? What have you been drinking? Anything? I'm going to guess
0: you went to society. So this is the coffee I drank at Society. <laughs> oh, what a surprise! <laughs> uh, I'm too predictable. It's not let like you go there at all, is it? <laughs> uh, so this is the Ethiopian coca honey. Ooh. It's from Triple Co Roast, who is a roaster local here to Bristol. Mm. Really small batch. Um, he, I'm pretty sure it's only one guy who works there, actually. That's quite amazing. Yeah, he does everything himself, sourcing and stuff. It's a yoga chef, so it's a really good mm. Ethiopian... Uh, region. I like Yogi Chef. So obviously, go into society. Have it in an aeropress. Of course, of course. Uh, this I had probably about a week ago now, and I ended up giving it four stars in my thirty-three coffees. Mm-hmm. It had like a uh, a light peach apricot nose, like not a dried apricot, but an actual like fresh apricot nose. Yeah. And then that really like translated that peach really came through. It's really strong. Hmm. And a bit, and um, so it's peach and blueberry I got. Okay. It was super sweet and jammy, almost syrupy. Hmm. It was a really mild acidity. It wasn't very strong at all, but it was like a bit cranberry, I guess I'd say. Yeah. So quite tart, I guess. Yeah. But then the thing that really made it for me was this really, really long lingering and really strong coconut finish. Yeah. So it went from this tropical peach into, like, this coconut. Long-lasting, like, really just on the back of your tongue. It was just there for a good, like, 20 seconds.
1: That sounds really good.
0: I don't think I've had a coffee where it's been such a long finish. I'd probably say that was the longest uh, tail end of the tasting has, has been for me.
1: Yeah, that is really long, actually, yeah. I mean, you get some aftertaste that lingers, but when you get, like, a proper lengthy tail on the flavor
0: yeah and it, it being so distinct as well it was proper like coconut mm. like it, there wasn't no there wasn't any mistaking and if i remember correctly that wasn't actually in the notes that's bizarre like, that was something that i was picking up on without um without it being said
1: yeah that is surprising like obviously coffee and coconut you would expect it to go well i mean people make coffee coconut stouts and partisan and beer I can't say I've ever had a coffee with coconut notes. That's really fascinating.
0: No, I think this will have been like one of my first that was so distinct Mm. for coconut.
1: That does sound really amazing. Uh, Speaking of distinct coffees, um, I had something quite different at um, a little cafe that um, my girlfriend pointed out to me, actually, um, called Bison. Um, And they use has-been coffee. Has-been? I've not had that much. I've only had it a few times. Yeah. But um, what makes them different is that they only have two coffees on. One is a single origin that's used for all the lattes and stuff. They don't do pour-overs or anything. But that is because the other coffee that they do is a draft nitro cold brew.
0: Yeah, so we've talked about this a little bit.
1: And as soon as I saw that on the menu, I was like, I don't care that it's negative two degrees outside. I am having this coffee. I, I can't
0: wait to get back to York and try it. It is incredible.
1: I'm going to take you there. It's amazing. Um, so it was a Kenyan that they used from been. And the orange notes that came through in this were just... Because of how cold it was, it kind of paired really well with the acidity, obviously, of the Kenyan. Mm. And then that kind of... Kind of almost a light acidity, I suppose, with the orange. Like, it's not the acidity you'd expect from, say, a traditional Ethiopian or Kenyan. Yeah. But it was this really nice, smooth flavour to it. And had that with a uh, peanut butter brownie, which was also extremely nice.
0: What was having it in a nitro brew, cold brew, mm. what was that actually like? Because I've never had a nitro...
1: It was surprising. I'll actually show you the photo now. Obviously, I'll describe it for the listeners at home. But um, think of it like a pulled pint of beer. Yeah, it actually had like a head on it. Yeah, it was super creamy. Almost like drinking a stout, I suppose.
0: Is it like carbonated?
1: It's not. Oh, it's not carbonated. No, it's like a pulled like pint of ale essentially, but with cold brew coffee.
0: So, so is it like when you drink a nail? It, it it is like a little bubbly.
1: Oh, it's not like it's like it's like a pint of Guinness. Like even down to the way that you have to let it settle a bit, it's like Guinness.
0: Yeah, I, I really, I really want to, especially with it being on draft. I've heard of people just doing it like you can get like little um like canisters. Mm. So you've definitely had like a first experience.
1: Yeah, it was really, I would happily have it again. It's the sort of thing that's on a menu. It's it's so unique that if I saw it on the menu, I would have to have it again somewhere. Yeah. Just because you never know what, it. it just brings a whole new flavor to the coffee. It's quite incredible.
0: Yeah, I'd definitely be going there quite a lot just to just to try that, because that's something you don't get everywhere. Yeah,
1: it's just, it's just a shame it's a bit out of the way, really, I suppose. Um, so
0: whereabouts is it? It's
1: on Heslington Road, kind of near the uh, Barbican um, Theatre.
0: Oh, right, okay.
1: Yeah, it's really it's really nice inside. They were playing old school um, soul and R&B and all that. Yeah. Got a very Americana-themed um, interior, obviously by the name.
0: So, before I actually talk about my fourth coffee... Mm-hmm. I want to just mention that this is my fourth 33 coffees book. That
1: is impressive.
0: And this is the first coffee in said book. So if you just do the little bit of maths...
1: Do you put literally every coffee you tried for the first time in there?
0: It's not the every, every coffee, but it's the, a vast amount of them. That's
1: some... That's... Wow.
0: Because sometimes I'm with other people. I don't want to take loads of time reviewing the coffee while I'm with other people. Yeah, of course. But if I'm if I'm on my own, if I have the book with me, if I have my laptop with me or my phone, I've got One Notes. I put everything into these books. Mm. So yeah, just do the quick little bit of maths that's required there, Tom. Three full thirty-three coffees, and then one.
1: Yeah, that's your hundredth coffee.
0: Hundredth coffee. <laughs> I've re- I've officially reviewed. 100 coffees. (laughs) I got
1: through um, no I got through two was going to start a third but I never actually got around to it. I'm not sure where my other ones went. I mean because every time I have a new coffee I document it on my Instagram anyway.
0: Yeah. So I I do document them on Instagram as well but I, I think it's just having it in a specific book. I just really really enjoy it and I do go back and look and being able to like flick through and see okay I've had these beans from has been.
1: I think what would be cool would be if you did a in-depth analysis of like your average rating your average score in terms of flavor wheel you could graph it out over time with would see how your ratings fluctuate i think you could get probably in depth
0: in it oh my god thomas do you know what you've just made me want to do yeah i know if you don't do it send me the photos of it and i'll do it <laughs> <laughs> it'll take forever but i i do have that in mind now mm. i might do that so i just want to say that i did i first got this book Obviously, it was it was well into our progression through coffee. Yeah. But it was while we were still frequently going to roost. So I got it on the 27th of March,
1: 2017.
0: Wow. And it in basically what's just under two years, I've reviewed 100 coffees. So essentially one new coffee a week.
1: That's impressive. I've uh, toned down my followers on my coffee account, just to like people to follow. Because I thought, well, I'm following people on my personal account and my coffee account. Yeah. So I'm now following uh 35 people.
0: I lo- I love going through and having to explain to people why I've like told them, "Oh, my Instagram's grind them brew and then I've followed them on my second account." That's cuz I actually use my primary account and I don't want just random people I don't want to see your photos mm. necessarily. I go on Instagram for coffee.
1: According to this, I've I've got 125 posts on this, not including the deleted ones that didn't fit with the style of my Instagram. Yeah. So, probably about like 150 posts.
0: This 100th coffee that I reviewed, yes. this is one that I had at home. Mm. And I've recently had some developments in my coffee setup at home because A, I finally bought a, a gooseneck pour over kettle. Finally. <laughs> with variable temperature. Very much enjoying it. It makes such a difference, doesn't it? I would highly recommend that anyone out there. Who does pour overs on a daily basis, gets a pour over kettle. It makes a huge difference. Who would have thought it? <laughs> I uh, I've I mean I thought that I got a good pour using the jug that I used that used to be my French press. Mm. But it was just nothing compared to the compared to the kettle. The
1: ability to hold it at a temperature as well with the kettle is fantastic.
0: It's so so useful. What
1: temperature are you using?
0: That so I use I haven't quite dialed it into what I think will be the perfect temperature. Mm. So I use 90 degrees. Yeah,
1: okay. Because the majority of what I drink at home are Ethiopians and Kenyans, I am using 85 degrees. I might try 90 tomorrow morning with my bazira and see if that makes a difference.
0: See, I I do think that it's a little too hot. So I was thinking I should go colder. Mm. But it's also being able to select temperature. Side note. Really useful for brewing teas, because I brew quite a few white teas, Mm. which need to be brewed at 80 degrees.
1: Whereas I'm still on boronel black teas, which are 100 degrees.
0: The second thing that I've got new in my home setter is I've got 0.1 gram scales Mm -hmm. instead of gram scales, which just allows me to have a little bit more precision. Yeah. And on top of that, the scales have a built-in timer as well. So I can simultaneously see the timer going mm. and the weight right next to it.
1: Yeah, that's pretty useful.
0: I think that has made a bigger difference than the kettle has, because mm. I I used to I'd time it sometimes.
1: Does your kettle not have a timer?
0: Why would a kettle have a timer?
1: Mine's got a timer.
0: Why does your kettle have a timer?
1: Because it's made specifically for pour overs.
0: I think it's better to have. Like, I would use my phone as a timer sometimes. Mm. But being able to see right there, it's immediately next to the weight. So you watch the weight, see how much water you're putting in, obviously. Yeah, true. And uh, just having everything there, I can see the timer, the weight, and like what I'm doing during the pour. So I can check that I'm actually pouring it in good circles. Yeah. Having that timer there is probably the biggest thing that's changed for me is it's just really helped me get control over the paw. Mm-hmm. I'm getting such consistent paws now. Yeah. I'm dead on three-stage pause and two minutes, 30 seconds. Yeah. Just every single day, which is absolutely what you want, because you want to get that mm. repeatability nailed, and then you can start changing variables. Precisely. So now that I've managed to get all of that sorted... I think the one final thing that I need is a better grinder, because the, yep. the quality of my hand grinders just slipped, which happens in burr grinders. And this is a burr grinder mm. I've been using for, what, four, four, four and a half years now? Yeah,
1: we've been using them for a long time.
0: So I definitely need to get a good grinder.
1: Um, I'm looking at a, I'm going to, once I'm done with uni, and I've saved, if I get that job at roost, and I've saved for a bit... I'm going to get a second-hand Barazza Encore.
0: Uh, the one I'm looking at has... James Hoffman says this one's better. Oh. Just saying. Better than the Encore. More consistent. And it's cheaper.
1: Ah, okay. Fair enough. Like a list of things that I want for my coffee setup. I want the Hario scales. If not, I'll just get some generic 0.1 gram scales. I want a Chemex.
0: Yeah, I really want a Chemex too. I want a par over stand. I made my own. Yeah, you did. Don't use it. <laughs> <laughs> I want... A Kalita Wave. I think Kalita Wave's going to be my next big purchase.
1: If I didn't get the Chemex, I would get a, one of those little Hario decanter jug things. Yeah. I like how smooth Kalita Waves are. Yeah. And it's a lot easier too, because I've got the three-hole design in the bottom. Mm. It's way more consistent. You don't get channeling like you do with um, V60s.
0: I don't get channeling. I sometimes do. Because I do good pour. I normally do. You ca- You can't rush a V60. Anyway, Anyway. my 100th coffee, Mm -hmm. I'll just quickly rush through this, despite it being an amazing coffee. I rated it five stars. Nice. So this was a Liza Rwandan uh, single origin Mm. from Origin Roasters. Ah, very good. Red bourbon variety, brewed in v V60 at home, as I've said. Uh, This was only a couple of days ago, Mm. and it's what I'm still drinking. And oh my god, I'm not sure if... It's just because I've like upgraded my brewing setup or what? Yeah, but this is just an incredible coffee. Mm. Grape and toffee nose, and then just the most mouth-watering bright plum notes. Like, Ooh. I took a sip, and instantly I just started. <laughs>
1: that's that's so you know you've got a good coffee when it when the acidity makes you do that
0: it wasn't an acidity thing it was just because it was so bright and tasteful mm. that like i just wanted more instantly because the acidity wise it was only like a light malic acidity mm. it was only like a little bit of apple okay in the background it wasn't that much mm. and normally i do really like acidic coffees but this just blew me away the blackcurrant and apple notes as well that came with this plum yeah just so incredibly sweet like i just absolutely adored this coffee and it was just such a juicy body like i can't stress enough how good this rwandan coffee was
1: yeah that does sound fantastic
0: if anyone wants to try this out you can order origin coffees online i would highly recommend it it's it's one of my favorite coffees and i don't know i don't know if i've just missed out the past few years because of my brewing setup, or if this coffee's just that good. head and heels above everything else, yeah. Or what's more, most I mean, likely is a combination of the two. At this
1: point, my coffee. I'm need to get you coffee because this was roasted a month and five days ago.
0: I think what also really helps is I got this coffee and it was just it was the perfect time off roast. It was five days off roast when I tried it. That's about where you want five days to a week. When I reviewed it, it was at its peak. And it's is—it's also really holding its freshness. Yeah. I'll get some coffees, for example, from Pact, where I know for a fact they're fresh when I get them. Mm. And when I brew them, they give off so much gas. Mm. But, I mean, that naturally dies down over time as the carbon dioxide escapes from the beans. But these are... I'm still brewing them to this day, and they're still giving off a lot of gas. Yeah. They're staying really fresh. I don't know what, what that could be because of, but... It's
1: odd, yeah. Right, should we move on to resolutions?
0: Yeah, so let's talk about our New Year's resolutions, (laughs) Tom. Now, first question is, do you do New Year's resolutions?
1: I try not to, because they never stick. I mean, um, I just think of general goals that I want to achieve over time, as opposed to I'm going to do something starting immediately. Yeah. Because the key to building a habit is obviously doing a little bits don't try and go i'm going to go run 5 miles every other day and go to the gym and eat healthy
0: i think that's where most people do mess up
1: i've been working on sorting out my waking up times yeah um i don't care about sorting out my sleeping times because i've got insomnia i could <laughs> literally go to bed at 11 and not get sleep till 3 am yeah but as long as i'm getting up at roughly the same time so i've been i've got it down to around 9am now But I'm wanting to get it down... Obviously, I've got a couple 9am lectures next week. Yeah. So I wanted to get it down to, let's say, 8 and then eventually half 7-7. Yeah. But obviously, that'll get easier as it gets lighter. Yeah. And I hope by then I'm building enough of a routine to make it stick. I don't really have many other resolutions. Like, I couldn't even say I'm going to do more exercise because the only thing holding me back from running again is my injuries (laughs) that I've got. Um, Yeah. So that's not even really a resolution. That's just I need to... Go to a doctor. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> it's good resolution to have. Go to a doctor. Um, I've got
1: a thing of... I'm going to read 25 books this year.
0: Yeah, my, I've set the same reading goal. I've
1: just got a Goodreads account. Really useful app, that.
0: Yeah. Speaking of reading, I've just finished my third book of the year.
1: That's good going. I am almost finishing my first book. Um, a book, you'll notice it on my Goodreads, about punctuation, because I'm a big nerd. Fair play. Um, I've not been updating it with pages because i keep forgetting
0: yeah yeah i don't bother i i I think it's too much of a hassle to update the pages every day i just update when i've added a book Mm. Uh,
1: another thing that i want to do is both play more music and make more music i've been really slacking with uploading covers and original tracks to my soundcloud and stuff so i need to fix that
0: yeah i think that's a really good goal to have
1: how about you? Have you got any life-changing goals that you're wanting to do?
0: Oh, 2019, Tom, is going to be the year that I get my life together. Really? <laughs> I uh, I don't really do resolutions. And I'm not... I do feel like part of it is because, like, resolutions have just become a kind of thing where it's like, oh, yeah, you set, you set New Year's resolutions, you're just going to fail. Yeah, You're just a failure at life.
1: And if you go into it with that mindset, you've already failed.
0: Yeah, and pretty much since first year of university i uh i've been doing monthly habits yeah every month anyway there's nothing different between new year's and every other month i do i do personally find having a month to get a new habit sorted i think restarting that and doing a clean month really does help me lots of people say if you want to start a habit just start it now and i find just having that month to set it up and pretty much two months to actually set up a habit takes about 60 days. Yeah. Having that blank slate and being able to see it on the calendar crossed off, that does kind of help, actually help me.
1: I find what happens with habits is people often make the mistake of thinking you need to be motivated. Motivation has nothing to do with a habit. What matters is having the self-discipline to, on the day's where you don't want to get up at 8am, you want to stay in bed till yeah. 10 or whatever. As soon as you Fail one day, in my opinion, you've basically failed the rest of it. Yeah. Like with a ha- if I try and build a habit, I'm I have to be super strict on myself on it.
0: Yeah. So I don't exactly have New Year's resolutions haven't done for a few years now because I have these monthly habit things. Mm. But one thing I have taken to doing this year because of Cortex is having a yearly theme. Mm. The year of less. <laughs> <laughs> and I've chosen. For 2019 to be my year of focus, okay. Because this year it's my year of it's my dissertation year. I've got loads of applications to be doing, and obviously it's my final year. I've got loads of exams. I need to be revising. It's just going to be a very, very work-intensive year. Mm. During second year, I found myself slacking a little bit more while working. I just I lacked a little bit of motivation. Mm. To do it and as much as i absolutely love my subject and love what i'm doing i just got a little bit burnt out and i just found myself getting really distracted and procrastinating a lot more yeah so i think i've, I've chosen this year of focus just to redirect my mind and so far it's really really working i'm finding it a lot more a lot easier to sit down to work knowing that this is my year of focus it's a really big psychological thing that's mm. that's transformed my mindset for this first month yeah Every time I sit down to work, it's like, okay, my year of focus. I'll uh, I'll sit down. I'll work straight for three hours, and because every time that I want to get distracted, I'll go, oh no, year of focus.
1: Nice, yeah.
0: It's it just re- it just rejogs my mind to continue what I'm working on, and it's working really really well. It does
1: sound very effective.
0: I'm fully aware of the fact that it's still the first month. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I'm fully aware of that. But so far, it's been so beneficial, and it's working really well. Mm.
1: I mean, we do, we do essentially have slightly more evolved ape brains, so it's not that difficult to trick yourself yeah. into doing something. The trouble comes in allowing yourself to be tricked, I think. Yeah. You've got to be willing to be able to trick yourself to, into forming a habit or sticking with something. That's the tricky part. Yeah. Once it's habit, it's there.
0: I, I know for a fact that I'm capable... Of being really focused, of sitting down, doing work for ages and not procrastinating or not being distracted. Mm. Because I did it. I've done it for the past however many years. It's just these past couple of months that I've felt myself slacking a little bit. Yeah. And it's just it's just re that that focus again. Mm. It's just been a little bit annoying knowing that I've got this passion for this topic, but I'm not finding myself working for it.
1: Yeah. But I think, you've got to look at this point, sure it might be the passion that you've been wanting to do forever, but it's still work, and again, ape brain, we instinctively don't like doing work.
0: But it's not that, because I have enjoyed it in the past. Like, it's literally the past, like, it's just the past two months. I do think it's a case of I've burnt out. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's the big thing. So I've burnt out, so I haven't been wanting to work, I haven't been just focused, and I've just been procrastinating more. And found myself easily distracted. Mm. All I want to do is get back into wanting to work all the time, which is how I function. Yeah. Which is why I've been learning R for the past. I've been spending like six hours in the library every day for the past week, just learning something which has nothing to do with my course. <laughs> Fair enough. Just because it's it's just fun. Yeah. I love to learn. It's just what I do. Yeah. I love I love to learn. I love to work, and it's just this year of focus is just re rekindling that. So, Tom, we'll go on to papers now. Yeah. Because it's been Christmas, I haven't actually read any papers, any new papers to talk about. I'll just quickly mention before I let you talk about what you've been reading, Mm -hmm. that one thing I have been doing is I've been starting to write my dissertation. Mm -hmm. So I've got a big chunk of my introduction chapter written. Yep. And for anyone who wants to know out there, I use Mendeley for my reference manager. I think having a reference manager is... Life-changing when writing a big report of something. And Mendeley is the one that's worked perfectly for me. It's super easy. You just drag the PDF into the manager and it automatically detects the author and everything. You just double check it just to be safe. Nine times out of ten works fine. I also write my dissertation in LaTeX or LaTeX if you want to pronounce it correctly. Or LaTeX if you want to be really Ooh. snobby about it. Ooh. But I say, I say LaTeX. I use TechStudio, which is a good platform that I just found worked across for both Linux and for Windows. Mm -hmm. And it's just what I've stuck with since I've abandoned Linux back to Windows. Yeah. Because I've got a new new laptop. It's just what I found works really well. And
1: I use Microsoft Office.
0: Which I'm not going to say anything
1: about. I wish I could use LaTeX, but we've got to use Office.
0: All I'm going to say is my dissertation is going to look absolutely gorgeous.
1: Mine is going to look like a Word document, and I hate it. (laughs) Oh, well.
0: So, yeah, what have you been reading this week,
1: Tom? So, yeah, this ties into one of the modules I did, which kind of then ties into my dissertation quite nicely, which was a module all about improving um, memory.
0: Why does that not surprise me? (laughs) Looking
1: at things like brain training, meditation, different memory techniques, mnemonics. And there's a particular technique... Kind of mnemonic style technique that is used called the memory palace, which involves you get your material that you need to remember and you imagine a familiar route in your head, for example, walking to school from your house, and you place this information in different places on the route in your head and you walk through it and you remember the items in order. Stupidly effective. Some dude in America learned like a thousand digits of binary in 30 minutes by using this technique. It's what all the um, kind of experts at Remembering and recalling, you know, there's big competitions they have. Yeah, they all pretty much use some variation of this technique. But obviously, recently technology has improved and people are using brain training apps and all that kind of stuff. So, some dude called Fassbender thought it would be a cool idea to make a virtual memory palace. So, as opposed to using one in your head that you make yourself, he makes on a computer an actual house that you can walk through like a video game, and put two remembered material in this house. Which I thought was really fascinating and this has also got like, they've expanded it to be doing it with actual like virtual reality and head mount displays and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, put these information things in a house and they've got to walk through the house, find the route and then they can choose what items to put in the places Mm. and they also get sound effects to cue them um, so they can remember the items and they only had something like 10 participants because it was only a pilot study but... They were asking people how they did, and everyone absolutely loved it. People were saying how much easier it was to remember compared to just trying to remember things in your head. And it's, it's, just, it's just really fascinating because of the um, implications it has for learning mm. generally in schools. Like, if you could, obviously, now as VR is getting cheaper and cheaper, schools are getting access to it. It'd be really cool to be able to bring this into a school. And they actually did this themselves, they made a project called The School which um, basically came from this project. And it's this big three-dimensional learning environment that they made in a kind of adventure game, MMO style. Yeah. So as opposed to learning something rote, they experience, say, the historical event or whatever in person, essentially. And I just think it's really fascinating as to how you can get from a mnemonic in your head to trying it out on a computer to suddenly setting up, like, historical adventures in classrooms just by using virtual reality. Yeah. And it's just... Really, really fascinating to look into.
0: So I've got a couple of questions. Sure. Was it like a paired design or did they did they split these 10 subjects into a control group and a normal group?
1: Yeah, yeah. There was a control group who just did a word recall list task without using the virtual memory palace. Okay. Who were also encouraged and trained to use the original memory palace technique. And then there was the group that did it with the virtual memory palace as well which is surprisingly surprisingly good science for such a small um pilot study.
0: So mm-hmm. you kind of answered it just then, but mm-hmm. you said that when when putting it into the memory palace thingy they could pick yes like the order or something.
1: They essentially once they got to a location where a 2 remembered item was, they could pick from like a small bank of images which came with corresponding sound cues. Yeah. Um, for them to remember, they only had so many items to choose from, yeah, but um, do you
0: think that the act of actually choosing the item is the thing that helps them remember it, or is it the walking through and being able to remember it because that 's where the item is, because I feel like there's two separate factors there there's two separate things at which the consolidation of the memory can occur
1: well, to um fix this, they didn 't when they were picking the images. They weren't allowed any more time picking the images than they were looking at the words in the first part. So they literally had three seconds to pick an image. Okay. So it would have been just like looking at the a list of words.
0: So it, it literally is just... It's
1: this idea of walking through it in your head hmm. and remembering the locations. It's stupid. If it, like, I can still remember the words we were using to do it in, like, week three of the lectures.
0: Do you not think they could have just avoided that altogether by just not letting them choose the actual word and just placing objects?
1: Uh, potentially, yeah. I'm not really sure why they did it this way, to be honest.
0: And did they give the word list before? Like, in the first test, they gave them a word list? Yeah, it was different, a different word list, but they were given the list of words to remember for the first one, and then the second one they got to choose what they remember. I feel like there's something there that's maybe showing a little bit of um, lack of internal validation of the experiment.
1: I think there were 10 pictures choose from in part two. Yeah. And there were only 10 Loki. So either way, they were all seeing the same pictures, but maybe just in different orders.
0: Well, this has been an interesting episode from upgrading coffee equipment to improving our memory recall through new techniques.
1: Yeah, sure. And we've also looked at a few different coffees we've been drinking, a few different ones as well, like the Nitro Brew and all that, which was very interesting indeed as well as our New Year's resolutions, or lack of New Year's resolutions, that we hope to achieve this year.
0: If you want to know more about the coffee, or read the papers we've been discussing, everything will be linked in the show notes, along with our Twitter, at BroodforWork.
1: And please be sure to subscribe on your podcast service of choice, and we will see you next week.